Oh, hey. I hope wherever you are listening to this, the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show, you are happy and healthy and just getting through the madness. On this here podcast, we talk about improv, art, and creativity, and I am incredibly excited to share today's interview with you. If you're new to the podcast, we've been calling these interviews the Artist Brain Series, and that's because we're sitting down with the most incredible artists that we can find to pick their brains in an attempt to siphon off some of their artistic genius so that someday we can grow up to be artistic geniuses too. We were so lucky to be able to sit down with the fantastic music duo Jim and Sam. Jim and Sam have been making music together since 2015. They've released three albums, and maybe most impressively, they recently set out to play one show every day for an entire year. 365 shows, and they did it. Not only did they do it, but they filmed the whole thing and turned it into one of the most powerful and inspiring documentaries I've ever seen. It's called After So Many Days, and as of a few weeks ago, it is free on Amazon Prime. Please, 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 please go watch this movie. You will not regret it. As for their music, I'm a huge fan. I'm not just saying this because they were on our show. From the second I knew they existed, I have been playing their songs on repeat almost every day. But you don't have to take my word for it. You'll get to hear their sweet, angelic voices about 20 minutes into the podcast. One side note. This was one of the first interviews we ever did, and I forgot to upgrade my Zoom account to the pro status to get rid of that time limit, and it sort of became something we had to deal with in real time, right in the middle of the interview. Now, I was going to cut it out, but then Anatasha suggested that we fill the time by saying nice things about me, (laughs) and there was no way I was going to be cutting out people saying nice things about me. Anyway, that's enough for me. Please enjoy this lovely conversation with Jim and Sam. You're listening to the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show. I like that you guys match. Was that on purpose? No. Always. Every day. Definitely not. I wake up. (laughs) Sam is wearing a certain shade of brown. I find a, you know, a tan top. Mm-hmm. Some- I get it. I feel like I like love. I don't. It, I don't know if it's subconscious or not, but I always end up matching with my partner. Same. I don't know. I don't know what it is. We had a doctor's appointment today, and we went out, and I realized as we were leaving the apartment that we both had on. Like I was wearing maroon shorts, and she had maroon leggings, and we both had a black shirt on, and it was like. <laughs> exactly the same thing i don't know what it is i've never done that before it's it's what's well, also it's annoying because you make a commitment in the morning when you put something on like confidently and then like we're about to leave and we know we're gonna go see people I'm like oh fuck they're all gonna think we're matching <laughs> and then i'm like you change and it's like i'm not i like my polka dots i'm not changing <laughs> Then I guess it's like that when you wake up in the morning you're like i everybody like you like both need to wear that color like there's something like maybe you're both going through similar things and it's like maroon and black was the thing that made you feel good. Yeah. Yeah, you you share so much space. Of course you're in the same mental game. That makes sense. Um, it's nice to see other human beings than Sam right now for me. It really is. <laughs> I feel like I, I'm now a socially awkward kid again where I'm like, oh yeah, how do you talk to people? And like, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> yeah. So it's- much. Anytime we are like around people for more, like especially in person, 
Like if we, it's just like, it's okay for a couple minutes and then it's just like awkward pause, awkward pause, awkward pause. Like it's, it's tough. <laughs> I had a nightmare last night about being in a mall and just having to walk around people. And halfway through the nightmare, I was like, I'm not wearing a mask. What am I doing here? <laughs> I have that every, every other night. I have that exact nightmare. Oh man. Either wow. a mall or it's a bank that doubles as a flea market. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, the old bank flea market dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who hasn't had that one? To get things started, I kind of want to go through some of the uh, go-to questions that you guys have probably been asked hundreds of times in your life. But I just, if any of our listeners haven't heard of you, I kind of want to give them an introduction. Uh, I guess I'll start at the beginning. I want to know how long you guys have been making music individually and then together. You go, you go ahead, Jim. You take it away first, and I'll interrupt you. Uh, I started making music. I was in a band in high school. It was, it, and I always thought that I was gonna do comedy. And then in college, I mean, I mean, you want just a number, or should I give part of the story too? I don't. I talk a lot, so I, I, I'm now. I'm realizing I'm just. I want all of it. We want all the stories. L long story short, I was in college, and I started writing songs. Initially, I was just kind of writing joke songs to make my brother's friends laugh. That was sort of the idea. Then I went through some kind of family trauma, and I had a guitar, and I started writing. And it was probably, I guess I was like 21 when I wrote like the first song that felt like, oh, this is a song. It's not just me trying to goof off. And, and it was a sincere attempt at, at writing a song. So I guess I've been doing it now for 15 years and... I probably met Sam for four years into pursuing writing songs and that kind of thing. I met Sam and then that's when we started making music together. Yeah. And I think I've been kind of singing and writing songs forever. I My, my dad was a piano player and songwriter. And so we were doing that since I can remember. But I actually went down and I went down to Theater Road and I like went to college for theater and I did that whole thing. And then when I left college, I got back into music. I did a little bit of music in college, but then, yeah, I, I started playing out a little bit. And then very soon after, Jim and I actually met at a comedy club and we started playing playing music. I think like a week later, you came to my apartment, we wrote our first song. Yeah, essentially, yeah. I, yeah, I always wanted to, to sing. I, a lot of the music I liked had it was a kind of a male and female combination. And when I met Sam and found out she sang, uh, she came over and we, we wrote you came over to my house oh you, that's mm -hmm. the truth yeah but it was weird we i thought we were going to just like sing some covers i brought i showed i was like i like this artist and this artist and so i was like i don't like any of them <laughs> let's just play something and then i think literally at two hours later we wrote a song yeah wow that's incredible what a wonderful sweet way to meet yeah, yeah it, was, it was a it was nice yeah yeah, the moral of the story is uh, go to comedy shows. If you need some <laughs> recommendations, we know of some good yeah. comedy shows to check out. Yeah, hey, that's where that's where I met my fella, and we bonded over improv and like talked about playing shows together before we started dating. So is that true? I highly suggest that scene hey, for dating. Look at that. Yeah, well, most people who go to comedy shows they want to feel better, and if there's like a they meet a human being there that might make them feel better whether it it's sense. a friend or a mate yeah i think it yeah it's a good <laughs> it's a good move it's science it's basically science yeah <laughs> uh well great well one of my questions and i feel like it's the most cliche music question of all time who are your influences and i love that at least initially it sounds like you had different influences very different influences as i said i kind of grew up 
with my dad playing really like you know we love musicals and a lot of country and um that's kind of like where i i kind of fell in love with melody and and uh, hooks and that kind of thing and then i think i went to college and with a lot of art kids I went to art school and just like i had like a whole i almost felt like it was like an entirely new slew of influences from like joni mitchell and fiona apple and not that i wasn't listening to that but i think it's just like I, I got a little more emo in college. And so, yeah, I think that kind of creeped in. What about you? The, uh, <laughs> my was my, my initial, my first influence was my brother made me a cassette. My brother's not musical at all, but he loves music. And he gave me a cassette, like a mixtape. And it was like Nirvana, Tom Petty, The Who, and Live. And it was just like their songs all mixed together on this mixtape. So that was my first thing of like having this music that I would put on and I would mow the lawn and I would love it. That was all kind of more mainstream, like kind of mainstream music in a way. And then going to uh, Emerson College in Boston, there were all these kids that were way cooler and way hipper than me. The kind of the outsider kids in high school all went to Emerson and that's who I became friends with. And they were like, check out Elliot Smith, check out these this sad music. And it wasn't until I went through sad stuff that all of a sudden I heard that. So my influencers are really a combination of like super sad, dark music and pop mainstream sort of modern rock. What kind of musicals do you like? I'm just curious because uh, Sam mentioned musicals and I'm, I kind of grew up also In not really knowing other music until later. So I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I always kind of like the weird stuff, like... Scarlet Pimpernel. Uh, Scarlet. That first I know, of all, it's that, such that's a, a weird, deep cut. You, it is a deep cut. You've never. I've known you for years. You've never mentioned Scarlet Pimpernel. Oh or like Sweeney. God. Or like Sweeney Todd. Like I just kind of like these weird sounding um, musicals. They're a little. They get, they're a little gothic. They're a little romance. They're a little musical. Yes, a little like dark. Yeah. A little dark. Cool. Travis almost had us do a, a song from Sweeney Todd at the beginning of a Storm Chaser show, and I. I listened to about 15 seconds of it and I was like, absolutely not. You should rethink it. Travis wanted us to memorize the entire ballad of Sweeney Todd <laughs> and then just- I wanted to do the opening <laughs> number. There's like 20 different parts in there and I wanted to do it with all three of us, but uh, it didn't end up working out. I played Judge Turpin in college, so- mm, No big deal. Big deal. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. And honestly, hearing that you guys have different influences makes a lot of sense i feel like your music is very eclectic and one song will sound sort of like sad you know like jim was saying and then another song i'm i'm thinking of like technicolored lights feels very like energetic and and fun so i think that's great i want to know though if someone was like what kind of music do you make like what would you say the question's always a friend i think any person in a band feels like it's a i remember asking okay i had a friend who i go he he saw me carrying a guitar case. He lived across the street. I had never met him. And he goes, "Yeah, hey, you play? I, I'm in a band. You know, I, I play. I play bass." And I was like, "Oh, what kind of what kind of music?" And he's like, "U2 rock," which is what he said. <laughs> like he basically defined their genre as U2 rock. So if I had to do that, if I had to be that, I would say Fleetwood Mac folk, sure, or hmm. something like meaning like if I had to dumb it down, if I had to dumb it down to just like saying one thing. And again, that's a it's a very, very tall statement because I love Fleetwood Mac so much, so it's crazy to even compare it to it. But it is sort of a Venn diagram for the two of us. I think why you say that is because it's a it's a band that we both like. But I think I think that what you're also trying to say is there's something kind of 
they kind of cross a line of pop sometimes and then sometimes they're singer-songwriter and they're mellow and they you know sometimes we're singer-songwriter sometimes we like to you know lean into a little bit more pop sometimes we like to do the Americana thing at the end of the day we really like songs and we kind of follow that feeling wherever it takes us there was something beautiful about after so many days when you would play music for people who we're not expecting to all of a sudden get, you know, a concert from both of you. And the way that some people's faces lit up after they were really engaged with your music, it just felt like they were really, they became really present with you and like some of their masks fell away. Hmm. I think it really spoke to the truth and honesty and power of your music that comes through. That's something that's really hard, I think. You know, to nail on a head, you know, you have to say like dumb it down with a Fleetwood Mac type of comparison <laughs> yeah. because the power of it, I think, is it's so much larger than that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's such thank a you. such a nice thing to say. I mean, I, same thing goes on if we're if we're talking about performance of any kind, right? Because it's the performance. I think that part of it is the music and it's rooted in those things. But I think what we we saw that the more present we were, the more open and in the moment we actually were then the audience meets you there. And if you don't do it, if you don't do that, we, those masks would stay up. Because mm -hmm. if your mask's up, their mask's up. It's not like, totally. we keep saying masks, but this, we're talking, <laughs> the, the, the movie was pre, pre what's now, but, pre-COVID, um, pre but, uh, but yeah, so thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually one of the things I want to talk to you guys about. I, I have it written down as how do you make people fall in love with you? Because I feel like, I feel like I fell in love with you when I saw you play for the first time. And you see it in the film too, people, you know, I, I think of the 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 lady in the the Mexican restaurant where she's like, "Let me give you this candle." Oh, I'm gonna pray for you. Like people just, <laughs> you do have a special presence that uh, that people seem to really really connect with you on a deeper level than just like, "Oh, I think I'm a fan of you guys. You're really good." Because part of it's your talent. You've got amazing talent, but I think part of it goes deeper than that. But before you answer that question, um, I thought I already upgraded to pro, but it's about to cut us off. So let me uh, stand by real quick and I'm going to figure this out. Technical issues. In the meantime, um, everyone say one thing they love about Travis. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> I love that. Uh, and we'll definitely cut this out of the podcast. So like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is all good. Yeah. Um, I feel like Travis is just like, you have such goodness emanating from you. Like you just, you do. Like there's just some kind of like, um, like sweet goodness. He, he's Aww. okay. Yeah. yeah. Wait till you get to know him. <laughs> I like my bubble. I like the bubble I'm in. I'm going to stay there. You know, I, uh, yeah. I have to say too, I have a very bad memory in general. So although I do not remember the specifics of you coming to play Storm Chaser's show in the loft a few times, I, I do remember when Travis brought y'all in that it took about, I mean, it took like 10 seconds and I was like, this is a find. Oh. I don't know, it felt like one of those magical oh. moments in the middle of Hollywood where like there's just all this stuff going on and, and then there's like this quiet space with something like really special happening. So beyond just songwriters, you, I do think that you're both very good performers and what you said about sharing yourself, I, I definitely felt that as an audience member. Oh, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. You, made my, was... you made my hair stand up. <laughs> That was also, that was just, yeah, playing for you guys and being with you, being in that, that was just that whole experience in general was just really fun and weird and great. 
well, what you just said is what you all like. That's that's the thing any of us want, right? When you're a performer, is to like create that that moment in Hollywood. That doesn't be Hollywood anywhere. Like th- that's why we all perform. I felt similar when we. The, it was a reciprocal thing the first time we showed up to the loft the second time we showed up the show was not so good but the first time your show um, uh, was uh, was so it caught me completely off guard because I was like oh I love this Travis guy he's so nice he let us play this karaoke bar and now he's invited us to this improv show let's who knows and uh, but it was genuinely like we were so like uh, laughing yeah. and like having a good time and it's one of those things it's like you have no idea what you're going to walk into and then you walk in and you're like, oh, this is really good. And, and I'm, it's, yeah, that's, those are, those are the magical moments. I'm so happy we shared that. I'm very happy. Um, Travis, was, how's it going, buddy? Yeah, you doing okay? the bomb. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> that is how I feel. I'm like, oh man, yeah. that timer, it is not stopping. It's not going great over here. I gotta be honest. It's gonna, I'm gonna figure it out though. It says meeting time, three minutes and change right now. Cut the blue wire. We're so close. I'm so close. All right, here we go. Do we, do we, Pish, Andrew, what do we, what should we refer to you as? Anatosh and Travis call me Pish. Uh, so you can call me that, but you can also call me Andrew if you respect me and don't want me to feel bad about myself. We'll, that, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll go with Andrew. We'll go with Andrew. <laughs> Drewy? Is Drewy okay? Drewy? Jim? No. Andrew. Andrew. You're like Andrew. Man. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> Travis, I feel like the bomb's going going to go off. You guys, I'm like a click away. <laughs> no, it's going it's going to go away. You're going to have to invite us all to another Zoom meeting. Oh, has Not- been upgraded by the host Ooh, and now includes ultimate. Yes, you cut the blue wire and it works. Yes. <laughs> wow. Ooh. Incredible. That was so intense. Yeah. I feel so alive. That was right very now. exciting. I mean, I was probably too excited. On the it. flip side, I feel dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really happy worked out. <laughs> okay, we're good. We're still recording. Everything looks good. Okay, I really enjoyed the nice things you said about me. So where did we leave off? We were talking about how you guys get people to fall in love with you. And I think, Jim, I think you sort of touched on it, of that you guys try to be present when you're playing music. But it, it, do you have anything... Is there any more to add to that? Yeah, and what do you feel like you mean by presence? Somebody said to us after a show once, they came up and they go, the music's good. I mean, this music's fine, but you guys really, like, I was really moved moved by the way you just have, like, you trust in the ability for the human spirit to, like, believe or something. They were, they were basically, you know, you were saying... What did he say to us? Do you remember this? You're trying to say, like, he was saying that we we trust in the human spirit enough to sometimes just be as we, as vulnerable as possible. We trust in people's belief of the human spirit or something where, like, you're just, if you're as open open and, and vulnerable. vulnerable as you possibly can be. I mean, I, I the, think... The, the more open and more vulnerable you can be and... and, and just in the moment and not thinking about anything else, but just like you and the people in that room. I, I think that allows this ability for something kind of really great to happen. And it does not always work. No. Nope. So, so I just, it's very nice when you keep saying, how do you make me? It's like, there are plenty of times where this has not but, worked, but, but, but no, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I think when you're doing those things, I think if you are extremely vulnerable and, and open and just in the moment and you're just like thinking about that or you're not thinking you're just kind of like you're in whatever 
you know, if you're playing a song or if you're, if, if you and I are connecting with each other with banter or whatever it is, it's like, if we're just there and we're nowhere else, then I think most of the time it's, it, it fail safe is a weird word, but it usually just, it, it, it allows for us to have that kind of magic happen. And it's so, it's so obvious when we're not doing that thing. And I think that's what you're talking about. Like when somebody's head is somewhere else, so we're not completely in it or we're not being open or what we haven't kind of, that's when it just kind of falls short, if that makes sense. Would you say that that is something that you learned by your many days of performance or was there a specific time when that started to reveal itself to you? Definitely. Uh, that was one of the things we took away from the tour. When you show up in that way, it, it felt so good. And we would have such these amazing conversation or these like magical moments that like, you couldn't come up with if you tried. And then the days that that didn't happen, Jim and I would be like, we got to go find another show. We got to make this thing happen. I think sort of we, we ingrained in ourselves like, oh, like we always, it's like an addiction. You always want to feel that feeling. And so I think it's just kind of flexing that muscle and trying to get better about that. Yeah. And it's, it's, you also learn you don't waste the audience's time. Like, you know, if like you're, you, this person is now, willing for you walk into a liquor store and they're like yeah you could play us a song it's like okay well this five minutes like let's give them the best five minutes we possibly can or else it's a waste we're wasting their time so the same thing happens when now you take that to an actual show people bought tickets planned the night they paid for parking paid twelve dollars for a beer now they're there you better give them like really make it worthwhile and not just for you. And I think we've seen plenty of, all of us have probably seen plenty of shows where the, it's just a selfish performance where you watch it and you walk away and you're like, I just didn't get it. Or I, you walk away and it was more about the performer than it was about the audience. And I think. Yeah. yeah. And I think something you always say that I really like is, you know, no matter where you are, like, let's just pretend we're in Lincoln Center and it's this beautiful theater. And, and everybody, even if we are in that gas station, like we're in this amazing theater and it's like, it's just us in this room and there's this beautiful microphone. You kind of like create the space in your mind and then you just go. I love that. You're creating a sacred theater space of any space. You know, you can transform that, I think, with your um, intention. That's really lovely. With that, this sort of feels like a big ask, but I kind I do want to ask you guys to play a song for us. And I know traditionally in interviews we wait till the end, but I want people listening to this podcast to know how great you are right from the beginning. So, do you guys mind We'd playing a song to. for us? We'd real love quick? to sing you guys a song. We'll turn we'll turn this podcast into the Lincoln Center. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. And, and just to our defense, if you don't fall in love with this, it's because we weren't in a gas station with you at this moment. <laughs> Yeah, heavy eye contact sometimes can really boost the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just gonna check the tuning here. It's on. I think I got it on. Is this right. for the, yeah. the magic right here? I just want to say one thing. That's the it. dust. Yeah. I'm gonna turn it off. Is that okay? Yeah. This song, it's called. It's called Yeah Whatever Young Forever, and we we actually wrote it on the tour, probably 300 or so days in, and we went down to a beach. We were like, we need to find out if this is a song or not. So we went down to the beach and there were these people sitting down at the beach. We walked up with the guitar and I go, uh, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt. And the guy goes, you wait. If you're going to ask us to play a song, the answer is yes. 
And I was like, what? This is the weirdest thing that he knew that that's well, what... of course what, he knew you were carrying a but guitar. But he didn't know. But, no, he, I could have been asking for directions to a guitar shop because he needed a right, tuner. I have beat, no idea. The There's you a bunch of know. things. Uh, anyway. So anyway, but this is, yeah, this is this is where that song started. And then we ended up changing it before we recorded. But it's called Yeah, Whatever, Young Forever. They all told me this is how you grow Follow the lines in a city road Don't go getting clever As you go gray and you get weak You can only fight disease You can't be on forever Yeah, whatever, wait and see Leather jacket and jeans, young forever with my black comments on. We're the beggars, we're the jokes in these rooms that matter most. Place the mirrors, cue the smoke. At night, memorizing unused lines to just be front and center. Still believe that each small part could be enough, could be that spark, the start of something better. Yeah, whatever, wait and see in my leather jacket. Young forever with my black compass on We're the beggars, we're the jokes In these rooms that matter most Place the mirrors, cue the smoke Somewhere between here and the finish change my mind to be yeah whatever wait and see in my leather jacket and jeans young forever with my black converse sign we're the beggars we're the jokes in these rooms that matter most place the mirrors You did it again. It was so magical. <laughs> oh. I have like tears in my eyes. Oh, thanks, oh, guys. Thanks. Guys, we made a mistake. We're doing comedy. We're not making beautiful music like Jim and Sam. No. <laughs> I'm not capable, but I enjoy it so much. Right? Oh, <laughs> man. I you are. Now that everyone has uh, fallen madly in love with you again, I want to jump in to talk about the movie. It's called After So Many Days. It's amazing. I can't, I can't, I can't speak highly enough about it. I'm kind of obsessed with it. I've literally 
telling everybody I know to go watch it because it's so relatable and it's so inspiring. And I feel like every artist, every, every person who's like chased a dream should watch this movie because it just, <laughs> man, I, the whole movie, I was like, I feel it. I've, and your victories I celebrated and your lows. I was like, I, I know I've been like, I, I, I literally could ramble on about how much I love this movie forever. I watched it last night and I finished it right before I went to bed, but I was on such a high after watching it. I was like, oh my God, I just feel great. I was like, life is good. There's love in the world. There's music in the world. Everything is just perfect. I didn't want to go to bed. Thanks guys. Um, this literally, I, today yeah. was a weird day and this is, that just made my day. It just in a, because I, because I know that you guys are performers and I think initially when we made this, we were like, we're making this, we're making this for the other artists, the other musicians, the other actors, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a story. It's all of our stories in a way. So I, it's really, it is literally the best hearing you guys say that. It's the highest form. Yeah. The highest type of review is coming from you guys because, uh, that's who was in the back of our mind the whole time. Yeah. I mean, this scene, you guys were so honest with your portrayal of your journey there i mean there's scenes when jim when you like are doing the the website editing like pish does website editing and i thought of him that was scripted travis i just i don't want to pull the wool (laughs) no no yeah but i can't tell you how many times i mean i think i've said the exact words you say something like i just want to get this done right now so because it's hard to send later or something like that and i'm like i just like man i've said those exact words of like i just need to finish this now so i can be i can push this thing aside and then focus on what i want to be doing again so thank you for being honest and vulnerable with the highs and lows of your journey well (laughs) i think you know i think when we set out to do this I, i don't know if that's what we imagined i mean of course it's not what we imagined but what's interesting is that at the end when we had the footage that we had, it was like, this is the only story that we have to tell. So we may as well be honest. And I'm really glad that, in a way, I'm glad that it unfolded the way it did. Sometimes, you know, in the moment, it was really, really hard. For us, in, in, when we're writing a song, we always measure it by how truthful we're being and how, if when we're singing it, if Sam has a, is writing a song with the piano, it's like, do I believe what she's singing? Do I believe the words that are coming out? And that's... All my favorite artists, when I look back at any of them, it's usually, if you like, I, I and I've said this before, if you listen, if there's a band you love, it just means that you believe them. You believe the lead singer when the words are coming out of their mouth. You just, everything they say, even the way they say water bottle, you're like, man, I don't know why, but I just believe it. <laughs> and applying that same thing to the film and when selecting the footage and when telling, and then the web design part of it. We live in a time where we show our best selves on the internet. Everybody does. You just you're showing the snapshots and the highlights of whatever, and you're presenting the the, the package of yourself to the world. And I think it really was this thing that we wanted to show this part that everybody is at this point. Almost every artist you know is doing multiple things. We're juggling different things because you have to. But we don't talk about it enough. We don't lean on each other enough. I mean, and I, I want to like after this. I want to talk to Andrew and just what's his experience and what's and we'll probably have a three hour conversation about HTML and CSS and all this bullshit <laughs> and it'll be like man that feels really good and we've been on tour in Sweden and there's an artist named Meadows who is fantastic and I'd known him for years and he's had a couple breakout songs and on Spotify and just like things are really blowing up played a show and then afterwards 
I made some joke about JavaScript or something. And then we just, it was like, we talked for hours about web design because he's a developer who just happens to also write beautiful music. I went and got a coffee during that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm now I'm getting excited about this stuff, but anyway, blah, blah, blah. So you want to be truthful. I like what you said about um, what you believe, because I, you know, was watching back footage of a short that we just shot and I would like had moments where I was like, Oh, I believe myself or moments where I'd be like, I don't believe, like, I don't believe myself. And I really think that like, whether it's a musician or a film or play that, that really is the moment where you're like, I'm in because, and it's all like, you know, performance, it is a performance. So it's not the truth, especially, you know, you could be playing somebody very far from yourself or singing about a story that's not your own. But there is some level of like in that moment, it's true or something that that you can really see and feel a difference as an audience member. So that's so true. I just like that. I really like that you also said that just because it's 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 just <laughs> it's just this friendship for us. Yeah, we're doing it. Here we are. Um, no, but I think it's it's that thing of even if it's not your story or if it's not yourself or whatever it is, I think that's why we all kind of got into this it's like you that the truth is what we're kind of all looking for it's just like oh that feels so real one of the very first scenes in the movie is jim's talking about he's writing the bio for you guys and he says right at the very beginning i decided to be overtly truthful just to see <laughs> and after watching the movie i'm like oh this 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 idea of being overtly truthful to them is not just in the bio like you can feel it in your art you can feel it in the the theme of the movie you have is candid and open and honest and truthful. It's really apparent that that's a important concept to you guys. It's just so much more, think about how much more fun it is to like be at like an awkward dinner with people and everyone's trying to impress each other. And then Mm. the side dish comes and something weird happens. Or if you're, if you're just like, I, you know what, I really don't want it because like, I like got food poisoning from snail, whatever the thing is, like those moments of being truthful crack open. And then all of a sudden you've made a friend that like you thought was totally, I, I don't know what I'm talking about snails. No, but, but I know what you're saying. It's like at the, all of a sudden someone else can feel like they can be honest. I think it's just like allow, it's just like, it allows, it allows for more to kind of go down. Yeah. Literally nice breaking the ice, right? Yes. Which, yes. I think which is a phrase we hear a lot, but there's something about thawing a person out enough that they're willing to be vulnerable and you're willing to be vulnerable. There's that moment where you're not 100% sure if you can trust each other or like, what's that gonna be like? And then something happens, hopefully, right? That that breaks that ice. And maybe it's yeah. a snail thing. Yeah, but, or it's, or the, 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 to that same point, we talk about this all the time, those people that are way, like right away, they're just way too truthful. And you're like, lies. All of it. Like something like you're just, someone comes up and is like, I've had the worst day. I just blah, 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 blah. And you're like, hold on, we just met. And let's well, just, like a different let's foreplay of... into that a little bit. Like, you know what I mean? Before For, you... Foreplay into the vulnerability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, don't you think there's a difference between being, I, I have found this, there's a difference between being open and honest and actually vulnerable. Like what someone is willing to tell you about their life doesn't necessarily mean that they have an intimate feeling of trust with you. I 100% agree with you. And we could have a five-hour conversation about that. But I, I totally agree. Just because somebody's 
divulging information, it doesn't mean that they're being vulnerable. It's like a very different thing. I think, I mean, that's something that's so beautiful about your songs is that they're not, uh, or that they include darkness and that darkness feels truthful and it's mixed in with the beauty and, oh man, I think it just relaxes people to be like, oh, like, <sighs> I'm not the only one. It's it's connecting. It's unitive, you know? Yeah, there's a part of, I think most musicians, most songwriters, we do it to make ourselves feel better. And then if we're making ourselves feel better, it usually can make someone else feel better. It's one of my favorite things about you as people and obviously about your music and the movie is just this this openness and this vulnerability uh, this willingness to show the moments that aren't glamorous um and that was my segue into asking you guys to uh tell us about the flex muscles show do you remember that show that's the oh, one yes yeah. very yeah. much so <laughs> and it, well that and that so so that show is sort of it's a representation i think of of many shows that any performer it doesn't matter if you're comedy or music um anything anything really yeah this was just it was just one of those quintessential moments of being somewhere and i don't blame the audience this the situation i think it's important in that thing like not blame you want to help Sam sat back. Sure, sure, sure. I like. I'm like. I'm telling this story, and Sam kind of just sat back, like, "Oh, I'm just gonna relax and just no, let no, you no. tell this story." No, no, I think, but you're you're onto something. That it's it it is it's just representative of one of those moments where you actually were really excited to go and play it initially because somebody was inviting us to come in to her fancy restaurant and eat these mussels, and we're like, "Ooh, we're in New York and City." And the best we, intentions. She had she had the absolute best intentions by inviting did. us. Of there. course she did, and and she kind of knew the whole you know, theory of the tour. So she was like, oh, you should definitely come and play the restaurant. And we were excited and we kind of got, I think, dressed up and we were like, we're gonna, then we're going to have this great meal. And we walk in and the place is like so loud. And we're like, okay. Um, and, and I think we thought that we were going to be able to corral them and we were not able to because the muscles and the, the, the alcohol were really good. We now know before we go to a show, most we played enough shows at this point and you get to a point where, you, as a performer or as a musician, you've played enough shows where somebody's like, "Hey, I'm having a, uh, I'm having a party. It's at this bar and grill, and I think I think there's a PA system. I don't know, but I really want you to play." And blah blah blah. And like they kind of lay everything out to you, and we already know, like, okay, this is this can only be a three out of ten. Like, no matter, we could go and play. This is like, gonna be an uphill battle. Yeah, this is an uphill battle. Or there's those situations where. Uh, I think partly you also learn, which is sort of a sad part of it, but it's actually not because it's what theater is. It's why theaters exist. It's why a room with seats and lights and a stage is that the way something is packaged really matters to people, both as a performer and as as the viewer. And I think even though our film and the tour and a lot of the shows we did was completely disrupting the norms of that by being in these weird, strange places and trying to create theaters out of a laundromat but you do you do underestimate how important that is as a performer and so in that scene it really is just we wanted people to see we want other performers to see we've been where that we've been there you're not the only person who stood in front of a room of people and felt completely embarrassed and felt completely like well there's what are you doing and you have no control yeah it's kind of like i think that's part of it too it's like you know what there is nothing you can do in this situation. You, we can try, and we were like clanking on glasses, and we were making loud noises, and 
I think we've been in a situation like that before. Where we've like gotten on top of a table to kind of try to command the room. But I think it, it just sort of, we both looked at each other and we're like, let's just kind of get through this and like call it a day. It was just like, like drudgery. You, we felt like, no, I mean, literally in that scene, we felt like we were noise annoying. pollution. Yes, we, felt we were like, like annoying the people. And that is like the most disheartening thing yes. as a performer yeah. when all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm, I'm in the way of someone's experience. Good, good experience. Yes. That's a hard, that's a hard lesson to learn. Yes. You're ta- yeah, you're talking about, you know, creating sacred space in a gas station. And I think that the key is perhaps empty space, because if we can walk into any empty space and make it sacred and give different expectations to the audience, but if there's already, if there's not space, there's no like literal space, sound space or anything, and the expectations already there that people are gonna be doing something else and having a different kind of good time. It's like, that's like a mountain to overcome. And I know that we've felt that doing strange improv shows uh, in different like house parties and stuff. And it is very commendable (laughs) that you're like, we're doing it anyway. You know, it's, I think it's something we've all been through. So um, thanks for sharing that in multiple ways. Can I ask a quick question? Like what's the most awkward collective show you guys have played well you know we've done a couple different house parties sometimes they go well but i remember i did one where it was very and i don't remember who was there but it was very loud and something where everyone else who was performing played music um and they had speakers and stuff but us improvising felt it just felt very out of left field compared to the rest of the lineup so there was no like, I feel like the audience didn't even know what we were doing. Yeah. And maybe we could have set ourselves better explaining what we were doing. Yeah, I think I'm remembering, I don't know if it was the same show that I'm remembering, but it was like, there was a night of like beautiful musicians like y'all and like, and poets and artists and just amazing, just this beauty. People are crying and weeping <laughs> from the amazing artistry. And then we get up and we're like, hey, we're going to improvise for y'all. And then we're like, grabbing each other's private parts we're like cussing we're yelling we're we're yelling like we're gonna jump out the window and kill ourselves and it's just like it's a really it's such a hard thing to balance but you have to show up and you're like in the back of your brain you're like be confident like just you know what be confident be in the moment and be present and then you're like i don't we can't win this game we yeah. literally can't win this game. I think there was a moment, I think if it's the same show that I'm remembering you, Natasha, we looked at each other and we were like, this is not our room, but mm. we know we are good at what we do. So let's just do what we do as best as we can. And we'll see where it goes. I, I feel like you have to go for it because sometimes on the rare occasion, you do win over a room that you weren't expecting to win over. I remember we did a marathon show at um the clubhouse once where like there had been shows going all day and so the audience was very full but they were so rowdy they were like eating and kind of talking because it was this really long thing that they'd been sitting there for hours and hours already and then turns out that there were so many people trying to win the room vocally that when we stepped on stage and were just quiet they like hushed up really quick and we're like wait what's going on what's going on over there and it was a room i wasn't expecting to win you know so i feel like that's kind of why you do it for that one out of ten times you know that it works yeah totally 100 percent. because sometimes you're so right sometimes 
it's like the whole place shut like quiets up and you're just like i don't know how that happened i don't know why that happened but it happened and this is the best yeah yeah i just remembered this one quickly um (laughs) travis wasn't there but anatasha and i we went to this dive bar that was right next to Skid Row in downtown Los oh, Angeles. Oh, no. I remember and this. I guess they just decided to do a comedy night, but it was not the kind of establishment that worked for a comedy night. And there was a musician before us. It was this old man who had a guitar, and he was just plucking two notes back and forth. And for probably like, I, I don't, it seems so long. He was just going tits and ass and tits and ass and tits and ass and tits and ass. (laughs) Just these two notes on the guitar. And we were looking at each other. To a bunch of very shady people sitting at the bar being like, there's no We didn't come here to watch performance. What is going on? I'm here for a drink. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, we looked at each other and we're like, I'm doing this show for you. Like. I'm, you know what I mean? There isn't, I'm just doing this show for you and you're enough for me to, to, to give myself. You mean yeah. for each other. Yeah. You mean for each other in that moment. Yeah. For each other. Totally. Yeah. It's just like, okay. Like, Finish this is for you. <laughs> totally. Oh boy. Yeah. I, I asked about that show because it's something we try to embrace as, as improvisers and artists too. And, and you guys certainly didn't shy away from it in your documentary is this, this sort of this this feeling of embarrassment or you might call it shame or, you know, or like, or failure, this feelings of like, that wasn't what I wanted to happen. The scenes I think about, I love the, the delivery guy who got delivered you guys. food. Uh, I read the, the South by Southwest show to a certain extent there, just when you have expectations of how things are going to go. And then those expectations aren't met or they are something different happens jim you say something that i think is so sweet and i feel like we've all said a version of this to each other after a bad show you say i love you we've got tomorrow we did not have tonight (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so i guess uh our question for our listeners since this is all about like gaining wisdom from you like what advice do you have for moving on from those you know, quote unquote, bad shows? Like, how do you keep going forward? I mean, I think there's a lot of things. I think, well, during that tour specifically, I do think there was something about knowing that this will not be the last show that we play. We are, there is, an, there is another one tomorrow. There is always a chance to redeem yourself the next day. Or honestly, sometimes we would have a bad show and we would both be in such a bad mood from it that we would literally just go somewhere else and play another song for somebody because we just needed to remind ourselves like that is just that one moment. It does not define you. It does not define you as a performer or anything. And I think it's just, yeah, it's, it's really trying not to, not to, to judge it too much or judge it for, I actually think I remember reading I don't even, I think this is from True and False from David Mamet. Something about like after an audition, give yourself uh, 30 seconds like to go in your car and like say everything that you hated about it and then just let it go because there's going to be others and there's nothing you can do. It's already done. It's already out in the world. And I, I feel similarly about those shows or those, those awful moments or those uncomfortable conversations, whatever it is. It's like it happened. It's over. There's nothing I can do about it. And I'm not going to quit. Like, I'm going to keep going. I'm, this is not, you know, so I think it's just reminding yourself, like, there's always another, there's always another show. Yeah, there may As have... long as you want to keep going. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think on that same thing, it, for us, we needed, we kind of needed to do this tour, not as extreme maybe as we did with 365 shows, but we, we needed to ingrain in ourselves that there is always tomorrow. There's always another show. So maybe uh, a piece of advice for someone listening is create little mini seasons in your life where you're like, oh, we're going to do 10 shows over the course of three months and I have to do all 10. And like, that's the plan. That's the goal. And I promise like one of those 10 is going to give you, either, either you're going to do all 10 and you're gonna be like, I'm never doing this again. And you learn that. Thank God you learned it. So you don't have to, you're like, you, you can quit. Most likely what will happen is one will be bad too, and all of a sudden and then you'll have a breakthrough and then you'll get to like eight and you'll be like, man, eight, why was eight so bad? And you'll have nine and you get to 10 and then you'll just afterwards feel so accomplished and so ready to do the next season. So I think in a way that's that's what we learned from this and it, it put it in us. And, and we still do it now with like songwriting, you know, which is kind of a, where a, a big part of our brains are at right now is you just, you have those days where you show up and the song is terrible. And, and just remembering, oh, that's just today and it's just that song and you move on to the next one. And we're kind of going, oh, we want, you know, I don't, we don't really have this set out, but it's like, you know what, we want 10 songs by, the, you know, within the next six months, we want to have 10 so new songs we really love and we really believe in. Now we can show up to that and show up to each tune and show up to each part of that process knowing that there's another song on the other side. Yeah, and if, if it is 10 shows, it's in day two and day six were awful. I promise day three, like if you love it enough and if you commit and if it's something that you really love to do, like day three was gonna, it's gonna be so good that it's gonna keep you going past like the day six that was really awful and made you feel embarrassed and all of these things. It's, it's There's always that one show that you're like, damn it, I can't give this up. You know, it's like, it just feels too good. And so I think we're always just, you know. Chasing it. Yeah. I really love the idea of thinking of different processes as seasons, because I feel like I beat myself up a lot for my inconsistency or my inability to do something for longer than like a month, you know, like habits and things. But I find that as, a, as opposed to being a marathon runner, I'm a little bit of a sprinter and stop and sprint and stop. And I used to think that, you know, oh, why can't I just be more disciplined? But actually like hearing you talk about just using that to your advantage and like leaning into that thing for a time, I think kind of works with my personality. So I like hearing that someone else works that way. Yeah, I just made it up. So I have no idea of what I said. Really, <laughs> I, I, it's I, great. I, I love, I was like, yeah, I was like, I got to have seasons for myself. So if I'm being inconsistent with writing, it's almost better to be like, cool, I'm going to do it every day for, you know, a fortnight. Yeah. And not worry so much if for, over the course of the year, I'm like a struggle sometimes. Totally. It's really, it's really interesting to hear you say that too. Just in regards to the marathon versus the sprinter, I, I, I'm kind of the same way. Like I'm not good at structure. I'm, I'm not good at having these, even though we did this thing where we played 365 shows, that is not in my blood. But having that confine, like having that, that kind of, you know, goal just made it easier. It made it easier to kind of, for all of these things to go really good or go really bad or to like not work or to work. I feel like you were able to keep that better because of, because you had committed to it together. You know, like on hard days, you know, at least one of you would be like, yeah, but we made this commitment. Definitely. It was it was definitely really nice having somebody to hold you accountable. And I think 
there were definite days where I was feeling like, ugh, I don't think either one of us ever were, were not going to keep going. But, but when one of us was feeling really crappy, the other one was like, okay, like you just, we, you, we were able to pull each other out. But then there were days where we both were, were down and there, there were weeks sometimes where we both were down. But I think, yeah, you have somebody to kind of hold you accountable. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to, I, I, that question, because I think about it, I, I, I feel extremely lucky, lucky to have Sam and to have a partner that can hold me accountable throughout those things. But I also don't want people listening to think that they need that. Because I think it's important that that relationship or that accountability that we share, I think you can have it fully with yourself. Totally. It goes both ways. And I, I think you just, yeah, that's, I, I just want to be, wanted to say that. Cause no, yeah. I think you have sure. to have it with yourself in order to be able to have it with somebody else. Because otherwise you're relying too much on the other person to pull you out. And that's when the relationship starts to fall apart. Or that's when the accountability isn't even, it's not going to work. Like both people have to to hold themselves accountable, and then you can meet each other in the middle. I think. Or else you, and then I mean, if we're gonna get into relational things, I mean, <laughs> then what happens is you the the you you can resent the other person really easily, mm. you know, with certain things, right? Totally. So it'll be like a month will go by in our in our in the band, and this is this happened early on when we you know uh, first it, started collaborating. Yeah, and, I, and even after that, like. Once we were in a relation, we, we were in a, a band first, and then years later we were uh, in a relationship. And a month or two would go by, and I would just be like, "Like we're not like we're not writing songs. Like we're like we don't write like we don't write songs." And I would cast, I would maybe in a moment, in a couple weeks would go by or something, and I would put that on Sam, and she would literally, she's like, "You fuck, go write a song. Like I don't like you. You can wake up and write a song. You don't need me to write a song." And then I'm like. Well, you're you're right. I got to this point where I felt like it needs to like we both need to meet up, meet in the middle, and I think that's something we constantly in any any relationship you're constantly having to check in, check in, and find that balance and go like um, because there's a little part where like I don't want to run away, like I'm not running away. I'm just like showing up to write a song, and then usually when one of us sort of follows that feeling, the other person will kind of see it happening from a distance, and then when we're ready, we'll join or we'll just go like, whoa, like I'm like, love what you just, like, that's amazing what you did. So I don't know if this yeah. is fully making sense. No, but. it's true. I think, I think, yeah, absolutely. So relatable. You're touching on things that I wanted to, to ask about anyway, which is perfect to this, you know, how do you collaborate with each other? What, how are you guys so open with your communication and the importance of that? I feel like it's, everything is exaggerated for you guys. Cause every band or every group has to be open and communicate with each other. But you guys also have to communicate as a band and you have to communicate as a couple. And I'm sure a lot of times those things uh, overlap. Let's, the, there's a scene in the movie I'm thinking of specifically where Jim sort of sort of gives a note to you, Sam, where you're like, you're not looking at me on stage anymore. And then Sam, you sort of give a note to Jim and you're like, yeah, but, and then you were like gesturing. And so it's sort of, I, I, I found that scene so great and so relatable because even we as an improv team who aren't married to each other, we had to set some pretty significant ground rules of like, okay, after shows, we only say nice things. And if you want to say not nice things, they'd have to come later because we would spend like an hour after every show being like, well, when I, I, I did this move and you didn't get it. And like, so we sort of had to like pump the brakes on and set some rules for communicating with each other. So that's just a really long way to ask 
what are your tips for communicating? Well, first I, of all, I want to be in your band I because know. <laughs> I was gonna say, when we have a really shitty <laughs> show, it is literally that you don't want to see. Well, but but I just I just heard you guys. I just heard you say that, and I was like, that is such a good. Um, that's the advice. It's really that's really good <laughs> advice. After a show, only say nice things and wait to cool off. But uh, yeah, we have a hard time doing that. But, like we just. But what we do though is we quickly we just we say it all. We just like it's like we vomit it out because it's right there and it's really fresh, and then we move on. I don't know if that's so healthy, and, but uh, no, go ahead. No, I. <laughs> Is, are you specifically with shows, Travis? Is the question? I like, think he just means in general. Like, because I, I, I feel like every time you give a note, maybe not every time, most of the time you give a note, the intention is like, I want us all to get better. So, like, how do you do that? How do you give that note, and then also how do you receive that note without taking it personally and getting defensive? It's it comes down to trust, and it's like, do you trust that the other person has your best interest? Do you trust that, like, you know? that when someone's saying something, it's coming from a good place, it's not coming from, I think it's just, that's what it comes down to, is just trusting the other person and not resenting the other person and, and having a really open line of communication, which we do sometimes to a fault. Like we say everything, we don't hold back anything, which can also be, um, but I, at the same time, I think it's why, I think it's why we're able to kind of always get through to the other side because everything's out on the table. Well, I can say as a, fan listener whatever that that's that's one of the most attractive things about you guys not only just like you as people but it, it shows in your art and so i i think that's a, a a good thing you know i don't think that you should i don't think you should communicate less <laughs> <laughs> you should be there for all the communication <laughs> <laughs> that's fair travis is a great mediator yeah. from experience mm, good to know good to know he's a great mediator good to know one thing that, that made me think of in my own journey is that when I was improvising with these guys, we, we did have to make a rule where we'd be like, cool, only say nice things. And then even when we discuss notes, we're like, we try to just be like, well, what's one thing that we can take into our next show that we want to work on? Because if we talk about a lot of it, we start to overwhelm ourselves and each other. And then it's like counterproductive. Mm. But something I also learned from teaching improv and directing was that a lot of times how it was presented mattered so much because if I broke the trust of a student or an actor or someone I was collaborating with, that hurt more than whatever they were doing that I, that I was like, oh, this isn't serving the project. Like the lack of trust that happened is just so much more devastating. And so I found that there's trickier ways to sort of get what you want without pointing a finger at a person specifically and i'm about to give my storm chaser secrets away but i've been doing it for years <laughs> i was like instead of giving team notes i would just like be like this is what i'm working on today and i would just say what i was working and i would focus on that thing and if i focused on that thing it was more likely that the team focused on it as well just like because we mimic each other so much so if i was like you know maybe we as co as a collective weren't listening so the next show I'd be like, I'm working on listening. And and then it, and it would be good for me too. Um, so those are all my tricks. And, so those uh, are- Now you now you both know. That yeah. is so good. It, it's no, it's really, that's a really good. And also from the pointing finger to the, 
to the just showing up yourself and being that person as that those are really good we it's a really no that's actually a really yeah that's a really good today yeah. i'm working on uh guitar so lots of guitar solos <laughs> and then it's just <laughs> sandwich no that's a terrible idea. but uh no but i that's great honestly that's like we will probably start doing that. I'm going to write that up on this wall. Yeah. Travis, I'm going to be like, today I'm working on being more handsome than Pish. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, wow, why didn't I think of that? I should do that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good. Well, okay. I feel obligated because I've sort of picked out the more, uh, I don't know, should we say dramatic moments of the film because the, the juicy, like, talked about your failures and like your communicating and like the bad shows and stuff but the the film overall is so fun and it's so exciting to watch you guys win when you open up for lp and you've got those like huge stadium of people like singing your song along with you i'm like oh, that must feel so good especially after playing for like one or two people in an ice cream shop or something like those moments are so fun you get signed Right, you yes. get signed yep. by a, a label, yep. which is like, how how did that feel? Honestly, in the moment, it was crazy, and then what was crazy about it is that the next day was just another show. So it was, I think, what was really like one of the best parts about that year was that every everything kind of leveled each other out. Like even with even when we were playing in front of twenty five hundred people, as amazing as that was. The next day, playing for one person, having this amazing, intimate exchange. Like, I can't say, I can't go back and say that one thing was better than the other. That was one of my favorite things is in the film you play for, you open for LP. And then the next show that we see is literally for one guy who seems to be on like a cigarette break or something. Yeah, that, I think it was, it was the next day. Was, I think it was the next day. The, so good. Yeah. And it, 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 it just all kind of. Yeah, it and as as amazing as it was to get that deal, like it was just as important and to finish this year, and it was just as important for us to show up to wherever we were going that night and put on a good show. And I think it really puts things into perspective for you. It's kind of like oh, like you you go out thinking that these things are so important, and that like these are the big wins in life, and then you're like. But no, like those connections and those weird magical happenings, like those are the things that we should all be chasing um, or not even chasing, but just kind of allowing to be enough because they are enough and they are the things that kind of light you up and they are the things that, that make you keep going. Yeah, there's some everyone needs to watch this movie. We don't have time to talk about all of the specific moments, but <laughs> it, there's so many different scenes where it's so obvious the impact you had on the people you were playing for. You know, there's a guy who you, he's it's his birthday and he had just gotten a parking ticket that day. And you can see that how much your music meant to him. And I think of like uh, the God Squad lady when <laughs> Sam, you were feeling sick and the, the, the people at the Starbucks drive through. I mean, there's so many moments where it's just so obvious how much it meant. Um, and I'm going to selfishly segue into when you got when we met, um, I was managing a karaoke bar in L.A., and you two came into my bar and you asked if I you could play a show. You sort of told me this thing you were doing, which I thought was crazy. But <laughs> I almost said no. And I'm so ashamed when I look back, especially <laughs> watching the watching the documentary and the, on the parts when you guys there's there's one or two stretches where, like you guys said, it's just like you just weren't feeling it. I think Jim literally says, like, I just don't want to be driving around looking for a show right now. And I was yeah. like, oh, man, I, if they were having a bad day and I was mean to them, I just felt so terrible. 
but luckily I said yes. Uh, I got you know, I just hate to imagine if if I had said no. But you guys we got up on the karaoke stage. I think you were like, "We'll play a cover. You'll we'll play a cover." Because then it's sort of like karaoke. And I I wish I, I don't remember exactly which song you played, but you played a cover. The like eight guests we had at the time absolutely loved you. I think we ended up having you play two or three songs because of how, what a big fans everyone in the bar was. And I did. I mean, like I keep saying, I was like, I fell in love with both of you. I was like, these people, they're amazing. They're so good. I wanted to hear all about the tour. And I was just so excited to have met you and to have you in my life. Um, from there, we had you come play our improv show a couple times to help fill out some show dates. And I just, yeah, I'm rambling now because of how excited I am to have you guys in my life. But um, I wanted to give you a chance to to tell that story, Justin, if you wanted to, before we run out of time. No, I. First of all, that night, uh, we tried so hard to put that that show into the film because I genuinely one of the most magical nights of the entire tour. Coming into that karaoke bar, and then literally what happened was, it was like it became a musical. It was like. I remember one by one, the microphone went around the room. You sang a song behind the bar, and like you had this well, yeah, amazing voice. I was like, voice. "Oh, I have to, get, I have to get these people to like me. Let me try to sing yeah. too." You <laughs> were so good. You were so good. And then, and then you, you had such had... a swagger too. Like it was kind of like it was just weird. It was like who's this like handsome? It was like so sultry good. bartender just like singing. Uh, Turn the page. I remember the song was wow. like that you were singing. Like the, the, the well, and then it, it kept passing around, like to, and everybody in the room had a good voice, and I was like, "We are in, like, how is this not?" It was so. People say wild. Well, people ask us, they go like, "What you know?" So what's success? You know, we say success is being asked to play an original song at a karaoke bar, which is also what happened. <laughs> we played a cover because we were like, "That's the only way he's gonna let us." Is like, if it's a cover, I think you even were like, "Well, like, is it a cover?" I think you, I don't know what it, what happened, why we played. It was a rock set song that we played. Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right, that's yes. right. And I love rock set, which probably I was like, "Oh, okay, well these." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was a very special night. And what's and then but beyond that night, like that night was insane. And then, and then just you inviting us to go play the improv show. It just kind of this, that was like a mini, mini example of this tour as a whole. It was like, this led to this improv night and then this other improv night. Um, and then here we are now. It's just these like little snowballs that happen that would never happen if you didn't do something weird, like walk into a karaoke bar and ask the uh, manager if you could sing a song. I can't imagine how your life has changed, not just career-wise, but just all of the people that came into your life. It must be quite an experience to take it all in. Yeah, it's it's a. It, it I I think the the best part is just hearing you know that 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 it we shared we we created this memory out of nothing with you, for example, and then that's something that lives with you, and that we then it led to us coming to the shows, and now here we are having this talk and. You know, there was a guy that we met in, um, is, uh, Javi is his name, and he's in the film briefly. We meet a guitar player outside of a bakery. And uh, we pull up, and he was having this kind of commiserating with a friend of his outside of his work that, uh, about the struggles of being a musician. And then we pulled up uh, asking if we, if we could play a show uh, in the, inside the bakery because, we, you know, what was going on. And Javi lit up with sort of this enthusiasm about what was about to happen. And then months later, I got an email from 
him saying, hey, just want to let you know, I'm now a full-time musician. I've been pursuing it ever since meeting you and seeing what you guys were doing. It's inspired me to do X, Y, and Z and all this stuff. And he sent me this crazy music video he made. And those moments kept happening throughout this tour because we were just showing up to this thing that we loved. And I think if you should, and the truth, kind of the takeaway for us is if you show up to whatever it is, if you show up to because you love it and, and with that in mind, the people around you will in turn want to do that in their own life. Will, will, it'll rub off. It just well, it's rubs kind off. of what you were saying earlier. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to pinpoint what I want other people to be doing, but like I'm going to show up to this thing and hopefully it'll, hopefully it'll rub off in some way. But I think, yeah, and, and in regards to what it's kind of led to, I, yeah, I think it's just like an, a crazy amount of amazing people that we've met and also just the ability to just kind of follow a feeling a little easier. I, I think I think that the best part of, of doing this is now we know like, okay, we did this crazy thing and then we made a film about this crazy thing. It's like we're, I think it's, oh, like we're capable. Like whether it was good or bad or whatever it is, it's like, oh, like I'm capable of finishing this task and I'm capable of, of showing up to something and I'm capable of these things. And that is, it's kind of like a little, I always say like, oh, like we found some kind of secret key and it's not the shiniest key in the world. But to me, it's like, it's everything because it's like, okay, when I'm like looking, I know there's that key somewhere. I just have to remind myself that it's there. Um, yeah. I don't know if that. The, it's beautiful. The, we have not read the secret. I don't want anyone to think <laughs> we've we, we've talked about it in I the think sense I've read of the secret. Actually. I have not read it, so this is not that. Just if anyone's listening and all of a sudden, oh my god, they're sell, they, they want us to watch a movie and buy the secret. That's not what we're we're not selling that right now. Right. So how do you commune with the spirits that uh, give you the lyrics to your songs? Um, they <laughs> they speak to us in different languages and no um. <laughs> I mean, I think I think that the, in a real way. I think if you show up and you are genuinely 100% there, that spirit will meet you there. Bullshit. That's not true. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold That's on. That's like such bullshit. <laughs> I'm not saying that the spirit's going to be like really great. I'm not saying that the spirit's going to be like going to transform your life. I'm just saying like you'll feel better. You'll, you'll feel better from it. No, it's a thesaurus and a rhyming dictionary. Is literally <laughs> that's. Oh, you're making jokes. Yeah. You're making jokes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, what you said is true. And I, I compl- no, 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 I completely, sorry, I just really wanted to say that. I just, but yes, what you were saying is absolutely true. And just showing, just showing up. Travis, um, when you met them, what made you say yes? I know you said you were, almost said no. Just curious, what made you say yes? Well, I guess first it's some, just like why I was going to say no is because I was miserable at that job. You know, like it was, there were things about it that I liked, but it wasn't what I was passionate about. And I had to, we had no security. So I was all, not only was I the bartender, the bar manager, but I was also the bouncer. And we did live, we were in a part of LA where p- random people would come in to like, I don't know. I just, my walls were very up at that job. I had a different hat on. I was, it was not really cool, really funny, really handsome improviser, Travis. I was like boss, Travis. So I just, my walls were up and I, man, I don't, I'm not sure why I decided to say yes. I think because I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I love live music, so I was probably excited to hear them. I think probably when you guys told me what you were doing, I was probably so impressed with this like insane idea that 
I don't, I mean, I hope I like to think that I couldn't be the guy that said no to that because it's, I, I, I'm certainly impressed by it now. And I think at the time I must've been like, I must've been just like, wow, these guys are legit. Like they mean it. Like, let's, let's give, let's, let's do it. Plus it was like eight o'clock and there were like four other people. There was no good reason to say no, other than I was just like being mean, like nobody would have said no. So thank you for taking, thank you for taking pity on us. And There's that a, night and saying uh, yes. <laughs> in a, that's a very, it's really weird. That's a very, uh, a very like specific uh, version of when we started, to, when we first decided to do the tour, it was very, the, the conversation between us and the people around us and, and even on the music side and the music team, that kind of thing, it was, we're going to go and play the show every day for a year. We're going to film it and we're going to make something with it. That's very different than going to somebody and saying, "Hey, I wanna, like, I wanna go and play a show every day for a year, and I and I want to film it, and I want to." But just by saying we're doing it, and by doing it, there was almost like people were like, "Oh, okay, whoa, okay, yeah, I I want to be a part of that. How can I help? How can I tour? What can I book? What 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 piece can I play in this? Because this is how you this is clearly happening, and I think maybe in your version." You're like they're gonna play a show tonight. It's it may not be here. Like maybe they're gonna go across the street. I may as well. I, I should be a part of this in a way. I think I think you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. Something that exciting and 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 something that big. Like and I and I have a chance to be a part of it. Like how could I say no? Definitely. But I, it's interesting that you were saying that you were in a in a place that you you know that you didn't love the job and blah blah blah. And I. Like we've all been in that spot. We've all been in that thing where you're just like, ugh. And it's and here's these like two people who are just like and asking me this annoying question, <laughs> you know. So it's no, but so in a, in a way, I think, you know, we were always up against that. It's like, ugh, what do these people want? Like, why do they want to sing me a song? Is it going to be really uncomfortable? And I think there was something always kind of exciting about that challenge, knowing that the human on the other side, like this is an uncomfortable ask. So like we kind of need to perform for that in a way. Oh, you guys broke my walls down instantly. So good job. <laughs> okay, I just want to end on this then because Sam, you've you've uh, mentioned this a couple times, and then there's a great quote at the end of the movie that really struck, and it sort of is something that we've said. One of our improv coaches said pretty early on in our process this concept of showing up. We had a coach say that like even when you're not feeling it, even when like the vibe is not good or you're tired, but you show up. She used to have, she used to say like let the record show I showed up. You know, and Sam, I think your quote is, it's nice to show up once a day and do something that makes you feel good. Um, and I just like think that's so, so beautiful to just show up is oftentimes it's enough. Like sometimes you can't do any more than just show up. But if you can find the energy to show up, I mean, you can you can change people's lives with that. So it's real corny to say thank you for showing no. up to our podcast, but we are very grateful. Thank to you have so much you. for asking us to show up. No, and I, I, it's you know, it's it's I, really this just talking to you guys and you know, it's this is the best. It's it's it it's so nice, especially now. I mean, we're we're all of all of us are you know everyone on this call is a live performer. We're like used to this sort of connecting with each other so we're really thankful to have this time right now to like yeah, to like be able to do this at least in this way since we can't in other ways when you know it's so it's at least we get to show up to this and yeah show and, and that that thing of show up in any way you can it's just especially right now during this insane time it's like sometimes that just means like oh tonight I'm 
making pasta and like I'm going to slowly cut those onions and I'm going to really show up to that and that's going to make me feel better and sometimes it's as small as that but like it's kind of okay like that's what I have for this moment that's what I have for today and then tomorrow I'll show up again to something else or in a couple hours or whatever that is so yeah that's perfect well before you go please please tell people where they can find you and uh, the movie and your music um, and all. um you can find us on the socials at we are Jim and Sam uh the film is called after so many days and it's out in North America on Amazon Prime Video and Apple and beyond and what am I missing? This is the first time ever Sam has done the the like hyperlink thing, which it felt you were really good at it. Normally <laughs> she you. makes me do it because it's like feels I like I, she's I like it it's salesy. You do it, and I, then do. I, I wanted do it. to try. I wanted to try it. That's great. Yeah, good job. Yeah, and if you haven't Thanks. seen did their movie, go and watch it. I will rewatch it. I am sure many times throughout my life. It was such an inspiration, and I will be recommending it to everyone I know. Yeah, thank you so much. This was great. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for having us. Thanks for having us, guys. Aren't they just amazing? I have to admit, I love talking to our non-improviser artists. I feel like there's always a lot to learn and there's a lot that really applies to improv. Now, if you liked what Jim and Sam had to say, please go follow them on Instagram at WeAreJimAndSam. And I'm literally begging you, please go watch the movie after so many days. It's so good. Quick question. Are you a business person with businessy things to promote? Or perhaps a craftsy person with craftsy things to promote? Or maybe you're an eventsy type person with eventsy things to promote. Well, whatever type of person you are, we can help. For a limited time, you can sponsor an episode of this podcast for just $5. That's a spicy deal. Send a message on the gram at Storm Chaser Improv or through our website at www.stormchaserimprov.com for more information. Can't get enough Storm Chaser Improv? Join us live on Facebook every Wednesday at 6 p.m. for our weekly long-form improv show. Sometimes Pish plays a puppy. And one time, I took my shirt almost all the way off. What else do you need to know? We're there at www.facebook.com backslash stormchaserimprov. Thank you so much for listening. Go chase a storm. Thank you for listening to the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show.